This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. Well, welcome back, Brewers listeners, and thank you for tuning back in. And we hope you enjoyed the episode on growing your own hops with Jacob from Four Star Farms. Yeah, that was a fun episode. I def- Super duper. Definitely went out this week and bought hop rhizomes from Beer and Wine Hobby to grow my own crop. But I probably won't have a four-star farm, but maybe, maybe a two-star farm. Or 1.5. You Aww. never know. That's cool. You were so inspired, though. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, Well done. Planting is kind of a low-key passion of mine, so why not grow hops? I suck at making beer, but maybe I'll be good at growing hops. Cool. Maybe. Fun stuff, man. I definitely have a good resource in Jake, so we'll find out. Hell yeah. Right on. But um, What's how's... everybody drinking this week? Oh, man. I have been drinking that Notch 10-year anniversary. Oh, so jealous. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> um, and coming in at 4.2%, uh, it is a lovely, lovely drinking beer. Nice. I can't wait to get some. Speaking of low ABV, I've been rocking the night light right now. <laughs> nice. I really have. I love That's it. Night shift, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not the lime t- one. Not the lime one. And I not really the wanted. Night heavy. Not the night heavy. See, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. You but gotta I get your hands on those, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I couldn't find any of the night light lime, which I love. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely have to check out the butt heavy because that. Do I mean, it. the night, the night heavy, <laughs> butt heavy. Jesus, what am I thing. doing? Same idea. <laughs> same thing, idea. But same idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely need to check that out. Erica, Sweet. what have you been drinking? Yeah, I'm still trying to hit up all the Pink Boots beers. This week I grabbed uh, Lord Hobo's Femme Floral. Femme, Femme Floral. Um, really good hibiscus session sour. Saison sour. Sour Saison. That's a lot yeah. of S's. Yeah. Session no. Saison Sour. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's um so good. Uh, easy drinking. And like you were saying, like it's great that it's not an IPA. It's kind of something different, uh, which is really good. Highly recommend. And a dollar from each uh, four pack goes to Pink Boots. Pink Boots. Do, do, do. Yeah. So it's cool. You know, you uh, feel good for buying a pack of beer. Yeah. No way it goes to a good cause. Exactly. Um, other than that, though, have you guys been doing anything to keep yourselves busy during quarantine? Any suggestions for our listeners who may not be keeping busy? I suggest getting a dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog walks every day. Lots of playing around. It's fun. I've been just trying to get my schoolwork done. You know, it's almost it's oh, almost wow, over. Man. That's cool. Almost over for the year. Then only so one more. So you're suggesting people go to school. Go to school. Um, school is not for fools. School is um, cool. School is cool. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, during all this, you know, it, it, it's definitely difficult um, as we're finding out doing a podcast remotely. But, you know, it has its uh, pluses and we always have to look on the bright side of things. That's right. Yeah, I've been definitely uh, getting more into woodworking. I built a entire bed and... Like a bookcase thing, right? And a bookcase thing, yeah. Nice. I watched, really, I just watched a bunch of Parks and Recs and acted like Ron Swanson <laughs> and drank a ton of whiskey. And, That's awesome. Yeah, and Ron it just Swanson's happened. It just yeah. happened. Like, he, it was great. And the thing with, like, seeing all of the photos of you making that 
you know, all those things out of wood, it made me design a new desk so yeah. I can to go and build it. Build. <laughs> yeah, that is not that Ryan's desk um, is going to be a big undertaking. It is going to be a huge undertaking. It's going to have lights. It's uh, going to have its own yes. sound system. It's going to be like yes. a show in itself. It's yeah. going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. It's huge. It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> not to brag, but the last time I did make a bed, I've made two beds in my life. Wow. Um, I tweeted at Ron Swanson. Uh, it's not Ron Swanson, but the guy who plays Ron Swanson, which I cannot remember his name right now to remember. Um, he tweeted back that it was awesome. So, hell yeah to me. Great hell job. Yeah. Great story. It Seriously. Was, it was not as good as Ryan's stories, Amazing. but it was up there. So, let's see. We are releasing who this week? Percival. Norwood, Ooh, Massachusetts. All right. With Phil. Um, it was awesome. You'll notice that Matt was not there. It so was it's going to be the best episode in the world. Do, do, do. It'll be pretty amazing. Yeah. No, it was great. We had a great conversation with Phil. Talked about a ton of different stuff, like where he's from. Um, you know, the kind of upbringing like Dorchester gives you. And um, how mm-hmm. that's kind of shaped his brewing company and what he does. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very, like, community-driven and that work ethic that, like you said, you know, he learned from growing up, you know, in Dorchester. So he was able to get a lot of things out of his early days to bring to his future, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was really excited because um, just hearing about the community aspect, I have that beautiful mural that's supporting local artists. um, And, you know, anytime I think a brewery offers something other than beer and does it well on a different scale. They're doing coffee roasting. Uh, it just means that they care about inviting everyone into their, yeah. their, their space. Um, For sure. So that's really can, cool. Yeah. You can get those beans to go as well. Uh, so the beans that they're roasting, including their beer, which I believe they're just doing growlers of right now. So yeah. And that's just during, cool. you know, if you're listening to this in the future, when hopefully Corona time is over, that's just for right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was just a Corona time thing. Yeah. Um, but after the Corona, their space is very cool, like Matt said. Um, so definitely make sure you go down and check it out. Yeah. And there's a lot of good beer in that area. So like, you can check out them and then go see our friend Andy at uh, Castle Island. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cool. You know what's also pretty cool right now? No worries. Right. The the new beer merch uh, Mass Brewers Guild shirts. Ooh, that I- that's right. Yeah. We all ordered our shirts recently and yeah. you should too yeah because um all the proceeds from that shirt are going to uh the mass brewers guild and as many of you guys know and if you don't uh the mass brewers guild is going to be able to give some of that proceeds to breweries who need it and um in return you know hopefully when this is all over we get to go to all our favorite breweries as if nothing wearing was. the yeah, amazing yeah. shirt exactly <laughs> And that's beer merch within you. So M U R C H. Very yes. very creative. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be like a badge <laughs> of honor wearing that. You know. Oh, totally. That you you were able to help. Yeah. You know the cause. So. Exactly. Yeah, and speaking of helping the cause, I think it's important for us to continue to look on like the positive. Um, there's a lot of negative stuff going on right now, and that's not to minimize the negative stuff that's going on. But if any of you guys are looking to um, kind of express what you think might be a positive that's going on right now. Um, feel free to DM us or send us an email at info at brewroots.com. Uh, we'd love to just feel uh, what people are thinking can come out of this, you know, out of a negative situation. What positives come out of a negative situation? 
Tell us a silver lining. We're yeah. looking for it. That's right. Well, I think we should get to the episode, guys. What I do you think? I think so, too. All right, Ryan, cue up that audio. Take it away. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. Here we are. We're back again in Norwood. Yes. <laughs> I, I love Norwood. It's been a while. It, but it's been a while. We like it here. We like it here. Yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, and there's no mat today. This is the first yeah, time. Yeah, I felt like that was weird. I started that yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually we have uh, Matt here, but this is our first interview it's without just, him. It's just sound guy Ryan and myself. Oh, scary thoughts. It's going to be crazy. So if we go off the rails, I mean, you'll know why. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we are here with Phil from Percival Brewing Company. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. Yes, the world. Awesome. So we like to start the podcast with uh your role here and what is your first memory of beer absolutely um well i am the founder and president of personal brewing company we're a currently we're a nano brewery based in south norward uh, off of moore street we've been operating out of this space for approximately two years now um i like to consider this space more of our test kitchen in our branding space um, we're very independent. Uh, we don't have any owners. Well, I'm the only <laughs> owner. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a lot of investors. We don't have any, um, what you like to say, a lot of hands in the cookie jars. So that kind of gives us the opportunity to really focus on developing a sustainable brand. And that's really what we're focused on. Um, soliciting feedback from our customers, uh, working on branding strategies, marketing strategies. And then most importantly, to develop a base of knowledge what it is to be a manufacturer, what it is to be a brand specialist or marketing specialist, um, how, to, how to best do cost accounting, which is critical for manufacturing. Um, and this sort of space sort of gives us that opportunity to get real-life experience. Uh, if we try to hire those type of subject matter experts, uh, I don't think we would make it out the door. It's costly. It's very costly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's safe to say salary is one of the biggest expense for uh, any type of businesses. So if you can't control that, then you're not going to make it that far. Um, 
So, my first experience of beer. That's interesting. I would probably say my first experience of beer is probably the early 80s, Dorchester, barbecue, Ronin Park, uh, father and friends cracking open a Michelob or Ooh. Bush Light. Yep, yep. Um, nice. And sort of them drinking that quenching drink on a hot summer day, but you know you can't drink it and you really don't know why (laughs) um so you sort of develop this sort of fascination with when i hit 21 oh i'm going to town with that (laughs) right with that product or that beverage so yeah cool now uh as part of uh the brand like what is something that you're trying to focus on right now like where do you want the company or how do you want the company to be seen well that's kind of what we're trying to figure out partly because consumers nowadays are bombed with all kinds of subliminal messages marketing social media uh just about 90 percent of society you could say is almost uh, has some sort of attention deficit disorder uh, we don't have time to really you know pull up a web page or a social media page and and read a six six paragraph bio on something right um, so we need to sort of figure out how can we get the message out fast and quick so people can quickly look at it, understand what's going on, and move forward. And I think that's why we kind of see this this popularity with emojis. It's, it's <laughs> right. like, you know, you, you, yep, put like, yep. you put like four symbols out there. And, and they pe- get it. Yeah, and they get it. <laughs> they know two things. One, you're getting ready to go to war or you're yeah. getting ready to paint a house or you're, you're getting ready to go to a supermarket or something. So, yeah. yeah. That's what we're trying to figure out with this space here is we're trying to figure out exactly how to get the exact message out to our consumers without sort of triggering their um, attention deficit yeah. disorder, whatever gotta they have. Yeah. <laughs> they got to find the right emojis. Yeah, we got to find the right emojis for it. Exactly. Nice. So then stepping back, what was your original plan? Were you planning maybe going into marketing or, mm-hmm. you know, where did all this start? Well, like everybody else, we all have the same story. We all started off as home brewers. Um, we all were in the basement just goofing around, <laughs> right. brewing stuff and trying to, you know, uh, come up with this vision of grandeur that we're going to be on top of this mountain. Everybody's going to worship, <laughs> worship us. Right. But for me, it started off in, in my basement. It started off in Dorchester in my mom's house. Um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was still going to night college and working full time. So I would kind of go in the basement and just goof around. Uh, it was a stress reliever for me. Um, and then as I kept on going and got married, um, moved out to Milton and continued doing it in, in the basement, just working on it, sneaking down there to watch, you know, college football on Saturdays, but at the same nice. time brewing a Pilsner or pale ale yeah. or some sort of wheat beer. And then from there, it just kept escalating. The first brand I created or I was able to put together was Dot Ale, D-O, okay. you know, D-O-T space ale. I was from Dorchester and I felt like Dorchester needed something to sort of like unify the community. Because if you know Dorchester, it's kind of a fragmented neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because we have different ethnic groups throughout the neighborhood. And it's the biggest neighborhood in the city of Boston. So I had this, this, this crazy vision after, you know, drinking a lot of beers <laughs> and, you know, of being almost like the, the brave heart of Dorchester. And, yes. and the fact that we put up a flag and that flag sort of unifies the entire community and we all can sort of have this singular sort of um, ideology of what the community is about. Um, so that's why I came up with 
concept for .ale, and I wanted to sort of get it out there and say, hey, great, we have a craft beer. We're going to be happy about it. We can all get behind. Yep. Because back in that time when I started, you know, I said, you know, why not, you know, some sort of craft brand for blue-collar communities? Because at that time in 2011, a lot of people felt that craft beer was um, more for the affluent community mm-hmm. or for, for the very knowledgeable, I guess you yeah. want to say. Um, not for blue-collar folks because they felt like blue-collar folks was more volume-orientated. So they wanted, like, they the wanted 30 the packs. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah the 30 packs you know for 12 bucks (laughs) they just want to slam it on a friday saturday night they don't give a flying you know whatever (laughs) right what kind of hops and malts you're putting in there yeah but i didn't think that was the case so me going back you know looking at the branding development was just the fact that um uh, blue collar consumers are really loyal consumers if you build a rapport with them uh they will stick with you till the end and it's a generational thing it's like if they drink it most likely their kids will see them drinking it and having a good time with it in the barbecue or something. And they will grow up saying, you know, my dad used yeah. to drink dot ale under the you know, tr- oak tree on a summer day yeah. while we were barbecuing. I'm going to do the same thing. So um, and that's what kind of got me going. And, you know, we, I started going up to, um, I used to go actually all the way to Holyoke. We used to go to wow. pa- Paper City Brewery, Holyoke. And it was crazy because I actually used to get out of work um, probably around six o'clock at night and i said jump on uh 90 and yep. all the way out west two hours <laughs> oh, with my uh and brew a beer well it, it, they were doing contract brewing for okay. me at the time with the hebert brothers okay and um and i had my uh commercial soccer mom van so <laughs> yes. i'm hauling ass down 90 <laughs> right right loading that sucker up as much beer as i can and bringing it back to cold storage oh, i got you know i actually got <laughs> like pretty good yeah it's not bad yeah. i had about 80 cases of beer in there yeah that's um, <laughs> I mean, I could only imagine if Stady pulled me over one day. They'd be like, oh, geez, what's going on here, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, but lucky enough, I didn't. But I would, two hours out, two hours back, four hours, I would get back to, to, to you know, um, Boston closely to about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, offload all the beer, and then get Damn. back up early on Saturday morning and start doing the distribution. Right. Uh, to all the local stores. That's rough. That that takes a toll. No, that was gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, you grew up in a neighborhood where you knew how to work and earn, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's how I was brought up. And oh, a lot, absolutely. Of, a lot of breweries, I think nowadays, you don't really see that a lot. Right. Um, so it's always uh, refreshing when you can hear yeah. a story like that. Yeah, yeah. no, I totally agree. I, I think a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of them go from zero to sixty overnight with some of these. They have lucky ups. investors and yeah. lucky investors, parents, yeah. you know, blood money, trust fund money, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it, or they have yeah. some sort of home equity they can leverage. Right. Um, uh, fortunately for us, we we had to take the the down and dirty, gritty path. Just I think the same old common American story you yep. would hear in the eighteen hundreds. Yep. Uh, so it, it, it's fine. Uh, I think from a business owner standpoint, being on the front lines of the business teaches you a lot. Yeah, you meet a lot of you people. You meet a lot of people. Right? You understand how customers are reacting to your product and your service, which is very important. Um, you know how to essentially develop a um, service program that can accommodate your fur traffic. Yeah. Um, rather than being in the office working spreadsheets all day and trying to utilize numbers to say, oh, there's weaknesses here, there's strengths there. Yeah. We need to do something here. but. For us, we can immediately pinpoint it and identify what the um, problem is and fix it fairly quickly. 
Yeah. Cool. Cuckoo clocks going on. Oh, okay. We were wondering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. It's, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that in a brewery before. Yeah, no. We have nice. a uh, we have a semi-authentic cuckoo clock in here. Oh, there it's it is. It's pretty legit. Yeah. 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 It's pretty legit. Every nice. hour on the hour, it comes out. Let's the cuckoos and the the yahoos know it's time to order another round. <laughs> right. So. So That's I guess uh, we that you know, kind of leads into the tap room, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the tap room and uh, what it's like to be here. There's a lot of writing on the pillars. You got signs. Yeah, a lot of wall art. Yeah. Um, got, you saw some steins over there. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, we're all over the place <laughs> yeah. here. Again, you know, when I started building out the tap room, and so when you come here, our tap room was all DIY. Everything here I feel was, like the first time I came here, it was yeah. very DIY. Yeah. Yeah. So we built everything here by yeah. hand. The bar, we watched a couple of YouTube videos, or <laughs> what I it. like to say, I got an associate from YouTube uh, yep. uh, University. <laughs> the picnic tables were repurposed um, wood that we got from a construction lot. Uh, the barrels are from Maine. They're spent barrels from a winery. Yep. We put some tops on them and, and, and kind of kicked it there. <laughs> um, but we, we, we have an art gallery that, that rotates every six and six weeks by some regional artists. Um, we do some funky um, murals on the walls just to make the break up the industrial field of the space. Yep. Um, a lot of our pillars or our columns are um, folks have left handwritten messages behind for us, but we also use it to put the um, what I like to call what I like to call the towny totem pole, in the sense that we put all these street signs with the different towns on there. And what is that about? Well, I think there's this negative connotation about a townie, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they feel like, you know, if somebody wants to call you, you know, some sort of local local Yahoo or some (laughs) dummy, they might say, oh, he's a townie. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, I think there's a bad, you know, connotation with that name. And there's really nothing wrong with it. I think being a townie is, is... the fact that you're a local person, you have some sort loyalty, of roots here, right? loyalty, yeah. values, yeah. values, um, and you know the area. And yeah. th- that there's nothing really wrong with that. And and that's what we try to celebrate. It's like it's okay to be a townie. Yeah. Townies are cool. Are very cool. We're all pretty cool. Um, so, um, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So do you I have like a, a, a lot of townies or regulars that come in here? Um, or do you see a big shift in like the summer months, um, mm-hmm. people coming in that are new first time here? You know, that's a great question because economically, we've seen the, the landscape change a lot, especially if you're here around the Boston metro area and you're a town and you could see the change. A lot of the, the local dives, the taverns, the pubs, a lot of them have folded or disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, partly because a lot of these guys are just retiring and they're selling off their licenses to the big corporate guys that's going down in the financial district in the seaport area. Um, most of them, the offsprings or the children, don't want to continue doing what they're they were yeah. doing in the past. Um, so now we're, we're seeing that you know these tap rooms are actually becoming um, a space for locals to come and hang out, um, to come and hang out with their families and their kids, um, sit down and have a good beer and and, and sort of socialize. Um, and that's why we try to keep our price points relatively low because we know that we're trying to accommodate some of that um, element. Yeah, like the blue collar, you're kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah, you want everyone. Blue... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Cool. certainly. And what do you feel about, um, or how do you feel about kids and dogs? Kind of I know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's always that, a fun, touchy subject. A, it's, a touchy, it's a really touchy subject because, 
you know, as a business owner, nobody wants to sort of chase, chase away potential customers. Right. Um, we want to make it seem that uh, we're universal, we're open to everybody. Um, anybody can bring, you know, we even had people bring in cats and, <laughs> and nice. parrots and stuff Love like it. that. Why? Um, yeah, <laughs> one of my, that, one of my awesome. favorite cats is, he actually has an Instagram feed. <laughs> Uh, nice. Rusty or Ruffy the Bear Cat. Uh, he's All been right. here. We're gonna like, find this cat. Tw- yeah. We're gonna, We're gonna find follow this. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. He's a gangster cat because he just <laughs> yes. sits there and gives you this look. Like, um, but it. I think the, the the problem we always have is that there's always one or two individuals that don't necessarily know how to control the pet, the dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, or in this case, lets the kids run wild in the tap room. And, and what consumers need to understand and parents need to understand is that it's a huge, huge liability for the business owner. Um, partly because if somebody trips uh, and... K wanders in the brewery area, th- right? Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a kid can easily sneak into the brewing production area and pull a plug on something oh, and, and a fermentation tank. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the, the stainless steel nozzle just pings him right in the face and yeah. knocks him out. Yeah. Uh, same thing, a, a customer can trip on a dog, can trip on a kid, yep. face plant on the floor, and then it's a big liability issue. So we try to balance it out with rules, strict rules, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we try to communicate with people that it, it's not because it's a personal preference of you guys just to sit there and be quiet, but it's just a liability issue. Yeah. Yeah, what I see uh, a few more beer, uh, breweries doing nowadays is they actually like have a section that mm-hmm. is like... yeah. No kids, yeah. Well, no, like no kids allowed, no dogs allowed Mm -hmm. in that section. So if you do want to have that peace uh, and quiet, um, you have that opportunity. Sure. And everyone else has full reign of the rest of the tap room. Yeah. So I've been seeing that a lot more, and I I think it's a good idea. Uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from you know brewers, Mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, this this rocks. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a challenge. It's a toss up. You know, it's um. Partly because you want to please everyone. You want to please everybody, <laughs> and nobody really sticks to the rules. <laughs> and right. then we, we're like, okay, well, we need another staff member to police this. And I'm like, well, come on, we can't Great. hire another person just to <laughs> yeah. go around corralling kids and dogs. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Try to work it out. How so. many uh, employees do you have right now? Uh, let's see, we have four. Oh, wow, you're still pretty small then. Yeah, we're pretty small. We have one full-time head brewer. Okay, cool. And the taproom staff is partly part-time. Yeah. Even I, uh, I think if you come here and um, uh, on the days that we're operating, you'll see me sweeping them up on the floor and busting the dishes and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not one of those individuals. I think if you look at our social feed or our website, you don't really see too many faces there, Um, partly because we don't like to do what I like to call the puff daddy a thing meaning that it's always like hey look at me i'm the owner look at me Woo. look at me pouring hops into a fermentation tank i think at this point enough of that message has saturated the social it's media wave we, we've pe- seen it yeah you see yeah. enough of it yeah and what we try to communicate exactly to our customers is when beers are coming out what the beers look like what sort of food vendor we have yeah what sort of special events we have going on um and that kind of information um Rather than just trying to use, you know, our social media to promote faces and stuff right. like that. Again, yeah. we're in brand development. And in, in it's just like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. It, it takes years and decades to establish a brand. For sure. Um, not faces. Faces come and go. That's a good point. 
So I know that you guys are also in coffee. And yes. a lot of breweries, I feel like, are doing that more and more. Why is that? Just yeah. to get more variety, I guess, out there yeah. for people? or. Well, for me, I've always been a coffee addict. I've been drinking cool. coffee since I was five, <laughs> nice. hence my stunted growth. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, I didn't run into that. Yeah. I, okay. I was drinking like six, seven. So six, seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Well, I remember. I vividly remember my mom because my family's from the Cape Verdean Islands, and my mom also she used to get a lot of uh, beans from the African continent. Cool. Um, and every morning she used to just you know bust out a cast iron skillet drop the green beans in there and just quickly roast it. Oh, and wow. And the whole house gets saturated with that smell of roasted coffee. That sounds coffee. amazing. It is. <laughs> and then she would give you, like, this little shot of coffee that would basically turn you into this maniac, weightlifting, <laughs> super crazy person. It's probably it was, good at six. <laughs> yeah. At six, yeah, going to kindergarten, like, super hype, getting ready yeah. to... Uh, getting ready to uh, learn. Learn. <laughs> they must They must have loved that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they loved it. Um, but... Even back in 2011, when I first went and applied for my farmer's brewer's license, I knew I wanted to roast coffee, uh, partly because it, it's a great synergy between the two. For sure. Uh, uh, beer making and coffee making, because beer making is all about layering malts and hops, and coffee's the same way, too. Uh, you can do a single origin roast, which is usually you get a bean from a specific country and you just roast it to bring out its specific profiles, yeah. such as like berries, chocolate, whatever, earthy taste. Or you can do layering, which most house blends are. It, you have a base bean and then you infuse a couple of different other regional beans in there to get a, 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 to get a specific taste. Um, so uh, as soon as I got my farmer's brewer's license, I went out and started searching the perfect provider for a coffee roaster we were able to nail down Diedrich which is out of Iowa I believe okay. they're one of the best um, coffee roasting company uh, supplier in the United States cool and just an FOI so if any brewery out there wants to do coffee roasting too you probably want to check in with your local plumbing inspector or gas inspector because we ran into an issue in which we bought a coffee roaster that was manufactured in China but the problem is is that the internal um, burner units aren't um, American listed or UL listed. Oh. Uh, hence, when you try to set it up in specific towns, like Norwood has really specific, you know, sh- strict rules, it has to be UL listed or it has to be approved by the state's uh, board of examiners. <laughs> so we didn't Fun. know that. We didn't know that. <laughs> so trying to argue with this guy from Minnesota to take back his roaster, yeah. uh, that was quite the challenge. It was almost oh, uh, trying to negotiate, you know, um, the, cold, the end of Cold War. Um, <laughs> but lucky enough, we found Diedrich. Very expensive, though. But very worth it, I suppose, it, right? Very yeah. rewarding. Uh, yeah. If you want to do it, definitely check out Diedrich Roasters. Yeah, yeah. There, there's always something, huh? You know, when you're first opening a place. Um, <sighs> what other what other uh, things did you run into when you were moving into this space? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it, it's again, we're, you know, one of the things I'm starting to learn pretty much is that we're just brewers, or we yeah. have aspirations of being brewers. Yeah. Hence, we're not developers. We're not real estate developers. <laughs> we're not mechanical contractors, right, electrician, electrician, plumbers, plumbers yeah. HVAC certified, HVAC <laughs> sanitation, oh, yeah. uh, wastewater. Yeah, all that stuff has some sort of regulation associated with it. Um, so the first year that we opened up was just constant, constant. Um, 
uh, inspectors, uh, people from the state, from the town, from, from wherever, coming into the brewery saying, hey, you guys got to do this, or you guys got to do that, yeah. or you guys forgot to do this. Uh, even the water that we were dumping into our uh, floor drains needed some sort of certification from the water department yeah. to make sure that we weren't dumping. Safe to go back into the... Right, yeah. right. That we weren't dumping some contaminants into the water. We never knew that. And all of a sudden here we get a state guy coming in with his state license. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> now um, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, how much Yeah. and what's the frequency? Basically, yeah. that's where I'm at now. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, how much is it going to cost yeah. and what's the frequency? Is it every six months? Is it every year? Is it every two years? Let yeah. us know. Um. And that's, and we're still learning from that. Yeah. Um, even now, you know, we're thinking about doing an expansion project, and wherever we go, the buildings that we look at are completely dilapidated. So now yeah. you have to have a developer mentality. You know, how much is it going to cost to renovate and, and bring this building up to speed so you can bring in brewing equipment? Do you ever think? Because I, right, I hear a lot from new new business owners, right? Mm-hmm. That the city just sucks, right? Yeah. Do you ever think that they're doing what they do to be difficult sometimes to get more money? Or do you think there is actually a reason behind it? I would assume that some things, right? Right. It, it, yes, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But some of the things, I'm like, hmm, really? Yeah. Well, we, I think what Americans tend to forget is that our government is very bureaucratic. Yeah. And... It's no fault of our own. We're the ones that have allowed um, past administrations to create la- uh, layers and layers of bureaucracy. And at the same time, it has created um, layers and layers of jobs that people are dependent on. And each individual department in the government has their specific budget. And their goal is to increase their budget as much as possible. So if I'm the director of water treatment for the city of Boston, I want to make sure I capture just as about much money as, as can, much money right? as I can to, yeah. to, to increase my budget, but also to increase my salary. Yep. It's just human nature. Uh, it's not even human nature. It's just the fact that we built these institutions. <laughs> just to the be world like that. we live in at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. And when you get into a big metro market like Boston, there are a lot of hands coming out. Let's just yeah. put it like that. Yeah. If you'd say, hey, you know what? I'm going to put something in this lot. Get ready to start dealing with a shitload of people, yeah. paying a lot of <laughs> permits, a lot of fees, a lot of paperwork, and a lot of waiting. Yeah. It's just because you're in a bigger city. They're more bureaucratic. It, and I think that's the beauty. And I think a lot of breweries should consider that if you're looking to open up your brewery, go west. You know, if you're in Massachusetts, go True. out west. You know, there are less a lot breweries, of less, less breweries, competition. less competition, um, less stress. Um, yeah. These these towns are really welcoming. You know, yeah. they're they're anxious for breweries. So and they're willing to sort of, you know, help you out, help you out, yeah. you know, not give you a free ride, but they're willing to sort of help you navigate the path that, to get yeah. up and open. You, I mean, if you're in Boston <laughs> Can't forget good about luck. it. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. Nobody's going to come in there and tell you, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. You're going to um, find out when you get the fine or whatever. Ugh, you'll <laughs> find out somehow, somewhere. Um, yeah. Lucky enough, Norwood was a great town to work with. You know, these good. guys were great. You know, they worked with us. They, yeah. they knew that we were, you know, green behind the ears, so to say, and they came out and helped us out a lot. 
Oh, that's that's cool. good to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Western Mass, you have to make sure you get dragon fire insurance. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you have, to, you have to pay for that. But yeah. other than that, it's great. Otherwise, yeah. 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 So um, switching over to your beers here, you have mm-hmm. a great selection. I think Thank there you. was like only one IPA on tap or whatever. Yeah. Mm. What dictates that? Is that just you like having a selection again, like trying to please everyone? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just do all IPAs and make yeah. a killing. <laughs> well, that's that's part of our brand and strategy and uh, the development of our knowledge base is that we just don't want to chase the market. We know consumers want the IPAs. Yeah. Duh. It's a moneymaker. <laughs> it it you know, it you know, it's like every like beer rating page you go to is like people are talking about this double IPA, <laughs> yep. that double IPA, triple IPA, quads. Yeah, this quadruple douchebag, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And then people start chasing the hops, yeah. the yeah. mosaics, the galaxies. Yeah. yeah. It, that's cool. It's cool enough. But from us, again, we're trying to develop a long term sustainable business and we need to develop our knowledge base. And as a manufacturer, we have to have a diversified portfolio. We can't just be IPA heavy. We need to develop a knowledge and skill sets in every category from a beer manufacturing standpoint. Wheat beers, Weiss beers, lagers, pilsners, pale ales. Uh, We've done Munich Dunkels. We've done um, uh, Braggots. Yep. Um, uh, One of our best beers is a Braggot. Um, we do stouts, we do porters, um, we do um, Scottish wee heavies, everything. That's awesome. It's um, a great variety. Yeah, we have to. You just yeah. need, you just need a grit now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do a grit. You're all good. Yeah, check them all. Yeah, check them all. You know, it's like Pokemon. Got to got to gotta catch them all. Got to catch them all. Yes. yes. And uh, I mean, awesome. we're nestled here in between two well-known breweries, and yeah. and I think when folks come here, the first comment is, "Oh, you guys have a good selection of different types of beers." That's good to know. That's yeah. quite good to hear. Yeah, it's good. So yeah. if you get a if you get a flight or a paddle. All the beers are not going to look the same. Right. You're going to have diversity in cool. color and in, in, in character, body, and taste, and alcohol content, too. So we go from the lowest 4.4. Like Pilsner to yeah. a Baltic Porter that yeah. was up there. Yeah. yeah. And we even had some Imperials that we just finished off that, you know, at 10%. Nice. Um, so we try to diversify. Yeah. Right? Just like if you're an asset manager, you know, the, or you have a 401k, what's the first thing they tell you to do? is diversify your portfolio. You can't just be equity or fixed income heavy. So right. same thing here. It can't be too IPA heavy. Yeah, what's cool. your favorite beer to brew? For me, you know, I always have to go back to Dot Ale because that's what kind of kicked it all off for yeah. me. And I'm still sort of chasing that dream. Um, but from a consumption standpoint, I'm a really Pilsner type of guy. Um, I just feel like Pilsners are underrated. Um, they're really great. Um, you can have it with any type of meal. It could be a spicy meal. It could be a, it could be a ramen bowl. It can be anything. It could be a <laughs> yeah. taco burrito. Uh, it's not going to dry out the palate. It's not going to bloat you out. Yep. Um, it's a nice, good, middle-of-the-road beer. That you can have it in the summertime, the wintertime, barbecue, fishing, um, all that great stuff. Um, so going along with beer, what is your opinion on untapped and yeah <laughs> things like that i'm not a big fan i gotta be honest with yeah. you guys do you use it at all do you even I, look at it i don't yeah. i think in the beginning when we opened up back in late 2017 
we we were re- referencing Untapped a lot to kind of gauge what customers want. Um, but then as time went on, I started looking at it, you know, and it just didn't make any sense because these <laughs> it's customers basically just, you know, making comments based on their own personal taste right. on their own palates, yeah. right? So I might not have the same palate as the next guy. So there's no reason that I should be able to communicate to the whole wide world that, oh, this beer sucks, <laughs> You know, it's your palate that maybe sucks. Maybe right. it's not the beer. Or like maybe they're just not educated. Yeah. They think this Imperial IPA is awful, but they've never had one before, so they don't know. And you know, yeah. I hate Pilsners. This yeah. Pilsner sucks. <laughs> yeah. One star. One star. <laughs> don't man. go here. Um, yeah, man. You see that? Man. Man. Yeah. All the time. All right. Great ones. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like... If you haven't been drinking beer since the Mesopotamian time, <laughs> please don't tell me you're a professional. It, 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 it makes absolutely well, no and, sense. And, that, and that's what we see is just because they have the freedom and the right to post something, they right. think they are they beer are, experts. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, I've been right. drinking for five years. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like people always ask for my opinion. I'm like, I'm really, I'm not an expert. Right. I, I, I like these beers, but yeah, like, like, what do I know? Yeah, exactly. And what I like isn't what you like, maybe. No. You know, you never no. know. It's super frustrating. From a business owner standpoint, you hate it because I like to say, here's what they you have a basement commando that just decided to come out of his basement <laughs> and go get some fresh air and drink beer. And now because you didn't have a great time at your brewery in that one spontaneous moment, he's gonna go back and give you oh, one star meh, I didn't like this place. <laughs> At least, at least they're not taking pictures of your bathrooms because I've seen that. Uh, like, oh, this bathroom sucks. I'm yeah. like, what? What? What does that? Writing beer here? Yeah. What is that? It's it's super frustrating. Uh, and then I like to say you got the FOMO crowd, mm. the fear of missing out people, yep. and those guys basically just Google something up, look it up. All right, what's the coolest brewery in Massachusetts or yeah. in Boston? And then they quickly hightail it there. Right. And there's no really you know, technical analysis of that particular brewery. It's just like, oh, this place is great. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ. I love this place, <laughs> you know. But then they'll come to a no-name hidden location like ours right. and be extremely, extremely critical. Yep. Oh, I don't like this place. I saw this. I saw that. Uh, they be- they got to do a better job. Just see all the writing on the polls. Oh, my God. Yeah. One, one, <laughs> one thing, I guess, to go with that, though, right, is people nowadays will drive 30 miles just to go to a brewery. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you have that kind of a plus side too. Yeah. No, it's, it's a look. It, it, and that's why you can't really bash it. Yeah. Right. You can't get out there in a public forum and be like, this thing sucks. You suck. And I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face. You just got to let it sort of, you know, evolve on its own. Right. Eventually, most of these things die out. But, you know, again, one day, one day <laughs> I, I just hope that people would just kind of get out and support the local businesses. Yeah. They have to understand that a lot of blood, sweat, and tears goes into these businesses. Sure. And if we're lacking any sort of knowledge or anything, hey, just take a little piece of note or maybe send us a personal email and say, hey, FYI. That's Definitely. it. You, you know, you don't have to go look into. And plus, this is the other thing. A lot of these guys are doing it because they need content for mm-hmm. their own personal, <laughs> yep. for their own personal social Very media true. page, which yes. is really, really, that's what really pisses me off yeah. because if they want content and, and they'll go out there and shit on a brewery just so they can have something there Get so people the can read. Do yeah. it for the gram. Yeah. 
That's dirtball. Dirt so ball. would you say maybe that is the most frustrating thing for you in the industry or is there something else that like really irks you? Well, no, I think that's the primary thing because yeah. you don't, you know, we don't like to communicate the message that we've taken the long, hard path of this, right? Partly because we're not trying to put humble. out... A, yeah, yeah, we're trying to be yeah. humble, right? We don't want to put out a somber story because this is the American way. This is the beauty of, 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 of America that I think that's been lost in the sauce, so to say. <laughs> yeah. Is the fact that we are supposed to be these hard-working, nose-to-the-ground type individuals. Innovative, creative. Yeah. If we bump into an obstacle, we break through the obstacle. We don't sit there and cry about it. Um, and that's the path that I prefer to take. And, and to try and communicate that to everybody sometimes comes off as like this somber story and you're kind of looking for somebody to give you like this sympathy vote. Yeah. And we don't want that either. Um, we're not looking for sympathy votes. So that's why we don't come out and say, well, you know, we're taking the hard, long, you know, hard, long path to this. We're not really, you know, yeah. trying to go zero to 60 and build a, you know, $500,000 tap room with all the bells and whistles. So I don't know. Cool. It's one of those things. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. We never really discussed. Where did the name Percival Brewing Company come from? Great question. Yeah, thank you. You Whoa. usually one of our first ones. It took yeah. us a while to yeah. get there. Terrib- it's a terrible <laughs> question, Erica. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> a, lo- yeah. a lot of people. Everyone like, asks. I know. As my, as my lights flash in, like, yeah. you guys are too loud. You're too loud. Shh. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, so the story of Percival. So Percival is the street that I grew up on in Very Dorchester. Cool. Yep. Called Percival Street. It's in, uh, it runs right alongside St. Peter's Church. Um, and if you know Dorchester or Boston, uh, a lot of the neighborhoods are identified by parishes mm-hmm. yeah. uh, yeah, or the yeah, Catholic yeah. churches there. So St. Peter's. So if you know St. Peter's, you know Percival Street. And Percival Street was named after an individual named John Percival, a decorated Navy sea captain from the early 1800s. Um, retired, became a merchant marine. After he became a merchant marine, uh, he was successful with that, retired from that also. The cool thing of what he did is that he, he, he took his wooden ship, he disassembled it, and built the house that's still on Percival oh, Street. That's really shut cool. Up. Yeah. No, what? shut the front door. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. It's super cool. And the funny thing about it, just this past week, because that house was the first house ever showcased on this old house by Bob Vila. Oh, yeah. wow. Fun fact. So. When Bob Vila started doing his this old house, repairing these old dilapidated homes in Boston, that was his first project. And it's in a cul-de-sac, and I grew up right across from that house. Oh. So we used to see Bob Vila tearing that sucker apart and rebuilding it, and it came out super awesome. Nice. Um, so when I was kind of going through the process of figuring out what to name the brewery, I said, hey, you know what? You can never go wrong with sort of going back to your grassroots to, to, to grab something from your past that, that helped you become who you became today. Um, I'm a veteran also. I, I spent six years in the Marine Corps as an infantryman. When I came back, I read the story of that the first time. I thought that was phenomenal. I felt that, um, you know, Dorchester was really segregated ethnically. Uh, it's great to dig into the past of somebody that helped create Dorchester and bring that to the forefront. So people that do come into the community would understand what it took to, to sort of put yeah. this community together. Um, and that was one of the individuals that helped bring that community together. And recently I became a Mason. So that sort of feeds into the whole Masonic folklore of, of Sir Percival was one of the Knights of King Arthur's table. 
he was tasked with the responsibility of, of finding the Holy Grail. And he was the only one that came back with the Holy Grail. That's how the story goes. All right. um, it, story. It, was, it was found? What? Well, it, 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 in the books, in the, in the fairy tales, it was found. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. In the storybooks, it was found. But in reality, it was just, you know, it was just another way to perpetuate the, the, the whole ideology yeah. of, um, you, know, you know, the whole Masonic thing and Knight Templars. But, um, but I felt like I was bringing back not the Holy Grail or the chalice with Jesus' blood, but I was bringing back a chalice with good beer right back to the community <laughs> pretty close nice, <laughs> nice. pretty sweet yeah you know? it's funny because i started off with that conversation piece but then i i've quickly found myself uh in trouble with a lot of the uh heavy duty catholics oh. around the area <laughs> they're like wait a minute that's sac- you can't be doing that that's sacrilege um just make a shirt and tell them to shut up yeah so <laughs> yeah. i just essentially just started talking about john percival yeah the decorated navy sea captain and sort of left that whole Jesus chalice thing alone. <laughs> leave those for the podcast. Yeah, so leave that. Leave that alone, big See, time. I'm not Very afraid. Cool. I'll do it. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> no, but um, uh, it's good. So earlier, you, you know, you you spoke that you're near two pretty reputable uh, breweries already. Mm-hmm. Now, right. we hear that the community in the brewery um, lifestyle, right. you know, with everyone around, is probably the best out of like almost any industry. Mm-hmm. What is your experience with the people around you? They've been phenomenal. Very welcoming, very supportive. Um, again, they're, they're treating us as almost like what we like to say, the third space. Um, you know, first space is probably your home. Second place is probably your work. Third space is where you go to basically blow off some steam. Um, we've become like a third space for the community. And that's really appreciative because of all places they can go to, you know, they come here and support us. And again, that whole blue collar mentality, a lot of people work pretty hard for their for their income. And the fact that they come here and, and spend it here. And spend it cool. here instead of just going and getting a thirty pack and calling it a day. You know, they would come here and just have maybe like a couple of rounds of some IPAs or some pills or something and be satisfied about that. So truly appreciate that greatly. So now um can people take cans to go, crawlers to go? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're only doing crawlers. Okay. We tried to do canning in our first year. Big logistical mistake there. <laughs> Partly because we ran out of beer. And there were, you would come here on some days and we would only have like one or two beers on uh. tap. And, and, and people would start looking. Well, the wives and the girlfriends would look at the guys pretty upset. It's like, you yeah. dragged me all the way down here for two beers. <laughs> it's like, we could have been in you know, Boston by now right, or something. Right, right. So. Um, so we put we put the kibosh on the canning temporarily yep. so we could expand our menu list. Um, you know, at maximum, we have 12 beers. At our lowest, we have about eight to nine beers. Um, I guess we just, again, we just wanted to have a wide selection yeah. for people to try out. And no. then um, what's coming up in the future for you guys? So you, I know you mentioned, like, expanding earlier. Is that expanding mm-hmm. tank space? Or mm-hmm. are you looking for, like, a whole new space? Mm-hmm. Well... I don't want to disclose anything yet, but we are looking to expand, and we've been working with a town in particular to to create more of a campus lifestyle, okay. um, to have a brewery, to have some communal space, entertainment Very space, cool. uh, workspace for entrepreneurs. Um, um, we don't know if that's going to manifest or not, again, partly because we don't have the deep pockets to make it happen overnight, so it's more of right. like... You know, let's work with the town. Let's work with the with the banks and see what we can pull off. 
Will that be a second location or a new location? Well, we want to kind of do like the bicycle wheel type situation. We mm -hmm. want to have one centralized manufacturing location yep. that focuses on quality and volume. And then we want to focus on remote tap rooms. Okay. Um, cool. We're not looking, and that's a cool thing, we're not looking to put these tap rooms in the metro markets. Yeah. You know, the big cities, sort of say. I think we're looking for like these more more like suburban towns that don't have a tap room or don't have a brewery and being able to build a loyal following with them rather than chasing yeah. the big lights in the big cities. I like it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's cool. Cool stuff. So what else, Ryan? Well, I want to know um, more about education, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you were a home brewer. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other formal ed education on top of that at yeah. all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, while I was home brewing, I was goofing around. I was working in the financial services industry for well over 15 years. Uh, I worked in asset management and trade management, um, IT, and was a business analyst for a while, and also a project manager in, in, in the whole IT realm. Um, when I came out of the Marine Corps, I went to Northeastern, got my bachelor's in finance, night school. Um, then again, I went to BU and got a master's in finance and banking there too. Night school. BU represent. Yeah. <laughs> Go Terriers. Um, hey, Terriers, make sure you come in here for the bean pot celebration if you guys. Oh, Northeastern yeah. too. Well, yes. Noted. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> Noted. So we're gonna we're gonna book that, you know, a year ahead. But um but yeah, so my whole background has been in finance and in IT. Um, I worked I, I just recently, about two months ago quit my full-time job <gasps> to focus on this full-time yeah so scary ever since we launched <laughs> this business back in 2011 i was working a full-time job and i just recently stopped working a full-time job pretty amazing yeah on top Damn. of having on top of having two <laughs> having kids, kids oh, right, yeah, two right. kids married a house <laughs> it, i'll tell you what if you want to know which one is my house it's the one with leaves all over the lawn yeah, that hasn't right. been raked up yet i just don't have time to rake the leaves yeah yeah, yeah. That's fine. The kids like playing in them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Bio, you know, biodegradable. Exactly. That stuff with, you know. Right? You're being environmental friendly over here. Uh, what about uh, any formal, like, beer education at all? Did you yeah. uh, uh, pursue any of those, like, little three-month courses at all? No, not really. Um, okay. I, I primarily focused on the front end of the business, I yeah. like to call it. That's and awesome. I knew that when I was going to launch the brewery that it would make sense for me to have subject matter experts in, mm -hmm. in certain situations. We needed a specific head brewer. Yeah. There's no way that you can micromanage the front end of the business and still be a, a, a brewer. Yeah. It, it, it's impossible. I've tried it. I, <laughs> it. It doesn't work at all. So I like to call silos. There, there are silos within certain in businesses, yeah. right? And, and you need to fill those silos with subject matter experts and give them the flexibility and the resources to do the best job as they can. Um, yeah, so I never had a chance to go to Siebel, Siebel. Yeah, Siebel. Siebel. Yeah, that's one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Seems that's, to work all right for you. Seems to be doing oh. pretty good. Yeah, we're kicking ass. <laughs> you kidding me? You don't need any education. Damn right. <laughs> I tell you, one school I did go to, again, was YU, YouTube University. Oh, um, uh, yeah. That's where I first <laughs> went to learn how to, how, how to do an all-grain brewing. Okay. Um, back in like 2008, because I was kind of, I ordered a kit from Amazon, which is like Cooper's, I think was from Australia okay. or something All like right. that. Um, and those guys use a lot of those uh, extracts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So 
And then when I decided to jump into all grain brewing, that's when I started queuing up, you know, YouTube and started yeah. watching all these guys do all grain brewing and figuring out tricks and trades and stuff like that. Nice. Well, let's learn a bit more about you. Sure. Yeah. What is in your fridge at home? Mmm, fridge at home. Other than, Definitely you know, the ketchup and the eggs. Some sort of <laughs> sriracha mayo. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Never heard of that beer. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah, of condiments. Oh, um, beer right. wise, you know what? I'm a big fan of Jack Abbey's. They can't nice. do much wrong. Yeah. yeah, they can't do much wrong. And yep. I've never had a bad Jack's Abbey beer. So. I do, you know, I'm not gonna, you know. When you say like Pilsners too, right? I mean, yeah. they kill yeah. it with the lockers. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, full disclosure, I at least, I at least kill a 15 pack of their IPL on a weekend. Oh yeah. You know, especially Solid. when I get out of the brewery, <laughs> yeah. I go home, start watching sports or something yep. like that, or start yep. working on some sort of graphic design, and I'm just crushing those bad boys. Nice. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yep. I'm just crushing it. You know, no, no things, no shits giving. I'm, I'm just going all out and just dr- drinking them. They're pretty good. So do you have any uh, guilty pleasure beers? I would probably say Dogfish 90 Minute IPA. It's like not even a guilty I would, pleasure. I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure for me because, you know, I try to stay away from those IPAs late at night. Yeah. Partly because... Yeah. I'm already like stressed out right. with the micromanaging the business. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times when I'm kind of like doing the books, accounting or something like that, I was like, all right, it's time to take it up a notch. <laughs> you know, we'll get, all right. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. we're I done with it. the IPLs. Let's take it up to the 90 <laughs> Let's minute. Let's get to the 90 yeah. minute. I love it. And then <laughs> when I get to the 90 minute, you start crushing those bad boys. And then when oh. you're like, you know, I usually Coupling. get like the six pack from, from, um, from Whole Foods. Yep. So when I'm four in, I'm like, oh, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Tomorrow <laughs> is not going to be gonna a be good rough, day. Man. It's going to be a rough day tomorrow. <laughs> and anything I was trying to get done tonight ain't yeah, happening. Yeah, completely no. not no. happening. Uh, you know, and then I turn on the PS4 and all of a sudden I'm playing Spider-Man or Call nice. of Duty. and Yelling at everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Chugging, <laughs> chugging 90 we, minute we IPAs. We see you on there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to exchange uh, gamer tags. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk after. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, what is your social media and physical location here? Like where can people find you? Mm-hmm. Well, we're on every social media platform. Um, every single one of them? No, no, I, I take that back. I'm take that back. TikTok? Uh, no, no, definitely not TikTok. TikTok, I think TikTok, once we figure out a stupid dance, we'll probably get on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. We'll, no. we'll stay tuned. Yeah. For now, we're mainly Facebook, Twitter. Um, what's the other guy? Instagram. Yeah. You know, uh, our biggest platform is really, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, people just like to look at photos and yeah. Facebook, it's mostly for the other folks. And let's be real, Twitter's hard. Twitter's really difficult. Twitter, it's we really don't get any traction on yeah. Twitter, to be honest with you. We post things, but who knows yeah. what even happens with yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's become more of a political, yeah. oh, bantering, hardcore. social platform rather yep. than a marketing platform. So, um, yeah. But, yeah. So, if you want to find us or follow us, it's at Percival Brewing. Um, Percival is spelled P-E-R. C-I-V-A-L. A lot of people spell it P-E-R-C-E. Um, I think that's more of an English spelling oh. or from the UK. Yeah. Okay. Something like that, I think. Interesting. And your physical location? Physical location, we're located in South Norwood within a complex called Norwood Space Center. The address is 83 Morse Street, as in Morse code. 
um, where the first unit as you come in, unit 4B, we have ample parking, huge parking lot. Um, we have a pretty wide space. We have two large bay doors you can open up and uh, let the outside in. Pretty cool. You got food yeah. trucks fairly regularly? Yep. Um, we Now we're starting to have food trucks every uh, Friday and Sunday. Cool. Uh, and then, then on Saturday, we have more of a food pop-up vendor within nice. the brewery. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, they do a lot of the farmer's market type stuff, like right. craft sandwiches, yeah. craft, like what I kind of think is pretty funny now, what they call grazing plates. Um, and I think <laughs> instead of, it went from charcuterie to all of a sudden grazing graze plates, plates, like you're grazing like some animals. <laughs> um, so that's pretty yep. Uh, yep. pretty rad to see that evolution in society. <laughs> or de-evolution. Uh, de-evolution. Either way, you yeah. know. De-evolution. <laughs> Do you want to ask the last question? Mm, no, that's your favorite oh, question. Okay. That's, that's on me. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. we like to always ask, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm really proud of the brewery itself. Um, again, if you know the neighborhood where I grew up in, it probably one, uh, you know, not to, to sort of feed off of the BS that you see in mass media and stuff like that, but it was probably one of the roughest neighborhoods in Dorchester. Uh, growing up in the 80s, we had the crack epidemic was, was insane and compared to what's going on now with all the opiate stuff. Um, but I'm proud of it because... You know, I was able to sort of keep it together independently, individually. I was able to sort of do my research, do my homework, and understand exactly how to build a business, a small-scale manufacturing business, and and survive, basically. It's a hyper-competitive market. Um, And to be able to put the right branding and marketing together and put the right personnel together to make this all work, a lot of work. (laughs) It's Uh, not easy. A lot of work, yeah. So... I am pretty proud of that. That's awesome. Well, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for your service, of course. Yeah. No, um, hey. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, I think we had a fantastic time with you guys. And awesome. thanks for coming on board. Yay. Yeah. We wish, <laughs> yeah. We wish you guys can come back even more and we have a great time. Oh, for Hell sure. Hell yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Well, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Well, guys, you made it through the best episode because my voice was barely in it. And I applaud you for that. Hopefully this uh, took you to a better place for a little bit of time with all the crap going on right now. Um, We're going to have an awesome episode for you guys this week. Um, But to keep up to date with all of uh, Brewerith's stuff going on, uh, follow us at Brewerith's on all social media platforms because we are working on some big stuff with some cool people. And uh, we just can't uh, release all the details right now. But we will be able to on those platforms hopefully shortly. So until next week, uh, cheers. 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 Cheers.